Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Today, we're honored to have Amber Player, and she's going to tell us her, her story this morning, and she is an English teacher on top of writing some books. She's an author as well. That's a heck of a combination there, Amber. Yeah, thank you. It keeps me busy. Let me know a little bit about your past, uh, what I mean by that, your good past of growing up uh, in, was it uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina? Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. If you've been up uh, 85 heading to Charlotte, you've passed it. Well, I do that all um, yeah. the time because I've had two sons that lived in Charlotte. and uh, that. Okay, so you passed it a lot. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a great way to go and a great uh, place to be. And there is no place hardly better than Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I know that uh, for a fact. Well, if if you grew up, uh, did you ever have a dream about being a teacher? It was just a phenomenon that happened to get you a job. Yeah, so I actually, um, I, 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 those were sort of dual passions of mine, writing and teaching, and um, and I just, I, I always loved storytelling. I always loved being a storyteller. I loved reading and um, sharing other people's stories, and so um, from a very young age, I knew that I wanted to be an English teacher. Um, I also, you know, started writing stories when I was about 12 years old and filled up notebooks throughout middle and high school with stories and did dream of becoming a published author. Um, but I knew that my real dream was to be an English teacher, so I'm I'm really f- so blessed that I got um, to make both of those dreams come true. Um, but it really wasn't until um, I was already teaching that I came back again to um, writing. So um, I started working at uh, Woodward Academy. Uh, that was my first job in Atlanta, my first real teaching job, and I was there for five years. And then um, and I was and I was teaching Spanish which I loved, and I loved the um, art of teaching, but I, I knew I had always really, you know, my, my heart was really in teaching English. So um, I took a year off from teaching um, and uh, to kind of think about what I wanted my career path to be like and what, what did I want to do, and um, just to make sure that I was really doing, um, you know, what I was called to do. And during that year off, I discovered something about myself, and that is that uh, I need a job. <laughs> I am a person who loves to work and loves to be busy, and so uh, I was not suited to be a housewife, although my husband did love that year. Um, and so the house was clean, the dogs were walked, the pantry was full, and I was bored. And I knew, I thought, well, I've always enjoyed writing. I'll sit down and try to start writing again, and that led me to write my first uh, full-length real novel, um, and uh, so, of course, like everyone else, I thought, well, I want to get it published, so I'll just send it to a publisher in New York, and then, um, you know, next week I'll be signing books at Barnes & Noble, but of course that's not how it works at all. <laughs> well, let's go back a minute here, because uh, you did a lot to get to where you were writing books. You had a passion a long time ago to help other people, and you also delivered that passion by doing what you were called to. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean being called to something? I think it means that, you know, um, well, to me, it means giving the 100% of yourself to the world, right? And um, and knowing where your talents lie and knowing how you are going to be able to best support other people. Uh, when I was teaching Spanish, I, I, was, I felt like I was a good Spanish teacher, um, but I... 
I knew in my heart that I wasn't meeting my my full potential and that that was going to be something that I was going to do by teaching, you know, my first love, which is, is English, um, and, you know, really being able to give my students um, all of my talents, right, um, in terms of what how I understand the world and what I know how to do and what I see in the world, um, it just made a, it made more sense for me to be um, pursuing that. Well, uh, I think you and I have something in common, although I've never met you. Uh, I believe that we were all put on this earth for a purpose. I really believe that strongly. And when we find that purpose, we're probably doing more than about 80% of, uh, of Americans. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people go through life, they hate their job, uh, they're just trying to get through until they can retire. But when you find that purpose, and possibly the only way you really find that purpose is to find your calling, and then you can mm-hmm. pursue it with great uh, great passion. And that's what you're doing. Uh, I applaud you for that very, very much. And now your husband is a teacher all, uh, as well, right? Yes. Uh, do you all have any kids? We don't. Um, just a couple of rescue dogs. Okay. Well, we always joke that we get, um, you know, about 60, 70 new kids every August, so we don't need any to bring home. <laughs> what a brilliant way to look at it. Uh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. What what grades do you teach now? Uh, so right now I'm teaching 7th and 10th grade, so I have a foot in the middle school world and a foot in the high school world. All right. Now, what school are you teaching in now in Atlanta? The Atlanta Girls School. Mm-hmm. So... You're having to take some time off at night uh, to write a book uh, that you're drawn to do. Did you just take all your notes that you had and put them on the table and combine them? Is that what you did? Yeah, I mean, I just sort of, um, you know, I had I had images in my mind. Um, I saw the characters. I saw them interacting. And so, yeah, I just sat down at my computer and, and put all those words onto the page. Well, it sounds like that you had a lot of hope and determination and even vision with the opportunities that were laid before you, is is that somewhat the way it worked out? Yeah, yeah. I will say my husband would probably also throw in stubbornness, um, that once I had made up my mind that I was going to get a novel published, nothing was going to stop me. Um, I like to call it ambition myself, but he calls it stubborn. Well, I firmly believe, even though there are millions of books out there, it seems like, that everybody can't write a book. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, how if I wanted to be an author and I had some good subject matter, would I get somebody that, that I could dictate that to, or how would I do that? So, yeah, my best advice would be um, that you kind of, you know, really the best advice for any writer is to read, read, read. Um, so if you want to write a mystery, you should read a hundred mysteries, right? Um, that reading is really one of the best ways to learn about writing um, and to sort of you know, a lot of writers have this, or a lot of people, I guess, have this sort of myth um, of the muse that floats down to your shoulder and whispers all the words in your ear, and you're just writing, and, and it's, you know, coming so easily. Um, I, I don't wait for the muse. I treat it like any other work that I need to do. I sit down, I get, you know, my fingers on the keyboard and the words on the page, um, because really, uh Good, good writing comes about in the editing stage. Um, It's called a rough draft because it's supposed to be rough. Um, So I, you know, just get those words on the page. And then I did everything I could to educate myself about the editing process. Um, Took books out of the library, um, online forums and blogs, um, and just learned everything I could about how to make um, my novel as, as good as it could possibly.
possibly be. And then I teamed up with a critique partner. Um, I've been working with the same critique partner for 10 years. Um, she also writes historical fiction, and um, and it, her the work that we have done together has just been invaluable in learning, you know, and in refining my writing process and my editing process. Well, you, you as you say, you learn the word rough draft over and over again. All right. So you had you had your heart, you had your passion, you even had your mind involved and engaged uh, so that it could be put on paper. And uh, your first book, or maybe your only book, I don't know, is what? So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people think um, how many, you know, the question is, how many books is it, do you have to write to get published? And for me, the answer was a lot more than one book. Um, so I wrote that first book um, and, and, again, educated myself, realized that I needed a literary agent if I wanted to be published, you know, um, by a, a, a big publishing house that would do all, you know, the cover work and formatting and sales and all of that for me. Um, and so I uh, sought out an agent, um, and she went, so the agent is the one who sells to editors, um, that book didn't sell, uh, and she and I ended up parting ways. And so in the meantime, I had written another two books um, that I didn't feel like I, um, you know, that would be okay for publishing. Um, they were just sort of because I had to write them. Um, and then I wrote the book that eventually would become A Fine Imitation, um, and that was the one that my, my now agent um, and I signed for. Um, and then she ended up selling it um, in 2015, and it came out in May of 2016. Um, and then my editor, while A Fine Imitation was coming out, my editor bought my second book, which is Lady Be Good. Um, and that's, that uh, was published in 2018. And then um, I ended up taking a little bit of a break um, from writing because of family things. Um, but I have since started writing again and am now writing probably the most personal book uh, that I've ever written. Um, it's set in a mill town in South Carolina in the 1930s, and um, my family has a deep, deep connection to the mills um, in South Carolina. Um, so that has been, um, it's, it's been fun to explore that part of my own personal history. What are the basics for a fine uh, imitation? What are the basics evolving around it? So that's a story about a uh, wealthy woman living in New York in the 1920s, uh, and her husband uh, owns the building that they live in, and um, she lives this very confined social life, um, and she's, she's restless, and uh, they, the building brings in an artist to paint a mural, and, and um, right away when she meets the artist, she recognizes two things, um, that she has a pull to him that she can't explain, and that she uh, she recognizes that he's he's not entirely who he says he is, um, and it flashes back to her time in college when she had a friendship with another artist um, that ended up um, ended up ending badly. So um, it's sort of the the two parts of her story as she navigates uh, her relationship with this artist. You need to get that book. I'm sure it's uh, Barnes and Noble and other places they can find it. Oh yeah. So my yeah my I am Amber Player that's my married name um, I write under my maiden name uh, which is Amber Brock uh, because uh, it's a funny story my editor um, had my agent come to me and uh, she said that um, they didn't feel like Player was serious enough uh, for serious historical fiction 
Um, and so I, I was very happy to use my maiden name. That was the name that I had dreamed on of being on a book cover anyway. Um, but I also realized it was probably some savvy on the part of my editor that um, when you uh, look at the new release shelf, the B's are at eye level. So I'm sure that probably played a, played a role in it as well. Well, that uh, you kind of listen to your agent. That's what you got him or her for. Yeah, and That's right. They suggested that. I know you're going to jump all over it. What about the second book, uh, Lady Be Good? Boy, I like that title. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Lady Be Good is set in the 1950s, and it follows a wealthy hotel heiress um, who dreams of being at the top of society. Um, and she uh, is a schemer. Uh, she likes to get her way, and um, she ends up um, – her plans get complicated when she ends up falling for a jazz musician who plays in one of her father's hotels. And so that one takes place in New York, Miami, and Havana, Cuba. Oh, so she, she follows this guy around? Is that what she did? Sort of, yeah, without really meaning to. <laughs> uh, so yes. Lady Be yes. Good is a great title, and it's also by Amber Brock uh, that yes. you can get, again, in Barnes and & Nobles and, and other places. Uh, you've achieved your passion, and you have arrived. And you've proven that you can do two things at one time. You can be a great it's teacher, true. and you can write a book. <laughs> and Hopefully doing both well. Well, again, if you don't reach your passion, if you don't search for your passion, you'll miss it. And you'll mm -hmm. miss an opportunity, I think, to be all that you can be. Uh, so I sure. applaud you for that. What about now? Uh, what are your future views in life? What do you want to do? Um, I, you know, if all goes well, I'd like to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. I'm teaching at the perfect place for me. I have a wonderful, supportive community there. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, continuing to enjoy writing and sharing my stories with the world. So, um, if this is if this is what I get out of life, then I have been dealt a very good hand. Well, would you say what other people would say is what you get out of life is what you put into life? I agree with that entirely. Yep. Well, I. Again, I applaud you for what you're doing. It's a, it's a fantastic uh, opportunity that other people that want to write a book, uh, you don't have to give away your, your day job, so to speak. You can do it all at night on the computer uh, and be yeah, successful and it at take it. Any, yeah, it doesn't take any kind of special degree or anything like that. I'm just, you know, an average person who had a story to tell. Oh, Amber, you are not an average person. You're above <laughs> average, in my opinion. Uh, well, thank you. And I'll tell you what, you're going to leave a legacy in two ways. One is all the kids that you've taught. My uh, son teaches PE in Atlanta at Eastside uh, Elementary. He's had thousands of kids come through his program. And you know, no program except English is, is more favorable to a kid, especially in elementary school, than uh, PE. So he's had a, built a legacy and had an opportunity to work with those kids. You're the same way. You're building a legacy. They'll never forget you as their 7th grade or 10th grade English teacher. You've made a difference yes. in people's lives. Uh, I think that yes. what you've done, again, is you brought hope and inspiration. And we're all about hope and inspiration with this podcast. Let me ask you this as we close out. What would be your takeaway for today from what you've been able to accomplish, being an author and a teacher? So my dad always used to say, um, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I always thought that that was true. And in, in pursuing my passions, I found that it, it isn't, um, that I do, I work every day, 
But when you're doing what you love, the work is satisfying, it's meaningful. And so in that, um, I look forward to the work every day. Subscribe to our social media and share your stories on the hopewithdanny.com website. Remember, it's all about hope. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode was recorded at Vega Studios.